All right, we have finally arrived. Uh, this is Cross Talk with the Pinkneys. I am not a host. I'm just a husband. But my name is Eric Pinkney. And the lady laughing here is... I'm Holly Pinkney. And if you haven't figured it out by the both of our last names being the same, we are married. You stuck with me. For life. Girl. Mm. Alright, so pretty much guys, we just want to start this podcast to just edify the body, point blank, period. I mean there's so many different ways you can do that. Um but we just wanna bless y'all with our own life experiences, things that God has shown us in our marriage and our course our single lives but today's episode is more so an introduction to the both of us uh, i wanted to get to know us separately our backstories and how we got to this married point and stuff like that so uh highly go ahead and jump us off and let us know where you from and all that good stuff your background church wow. history you lay it all on us wow let us know everything yeah, so I'm going to keep this relatively as much concise as I can because <laughs> we could spend about three podcasts right here probably. That is true. Woo! But yes, I am Holly Pinkney. I'm ri- originally from North Carolina um, around the Wilson area um, in a family of six. Um, I am the third. I am the baby girl. <laughs> Um, and actually, I was raised in a Christian home. Both of my parents were ministers, so I grew up um, in church all my life. Like that was nothing out of the ordinary. Um, so yeah, anytime the church doors were open, I was there, whether I wanted to be there or not. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting. Like I'm very thankful for being able to be raised in a Christian home, but I don't think you realize um, the impacts it has on you until later on when you um, are coming face to face with you having to make your own individual decision about what you want to do with your relationship with God like if you even want to have it at all Um, but yeah pretty much um, I guess you could say I had a head knowledge of God um, just from being raised in the church from, you know, from the time I was born. But I don't think I really had a true relationship or understanding of um, Christianity and that it is a relationship with God. Like, I could quote every scripture that there is. Um, I could tell you the Ten Commandments, um, you know, the, how a Christian person is supposed to act, quote-unquote, Um, But as far as really diving into relationship and what total surrender looks like, like, no, (laughs) that did not happen. Um, And I really didn't make that decision, I guess to say, to have a relationship with God until I was well into my mid-twenties, right around the time that me and Eric met, actually. So that was... Very interesting, very pivotal point that really changed my life a lot. What about you, Pinkney? Mr. Pinkney, what did what did your childhood look like? Uh so I might put this out here early. I'm African American, Holly is Caucasian. So just keep that in mind. Uh my church background 
kind of standard. I guess I could just tell you a little bit about me personally. Uh, obviously, my name's Eric. Uh, I originally born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Spent some of my adolescent years in Georgia, back and forth from there. As far as a church background, it was kind of similar to Holly's. Um, didn't really have a personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, I kind of was, how you say it, those Christians that live by the title and not by the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even notice. I didn't honestly. I didn't know there was a difference. Uh, uh, praise God for uh, actually convicting me of my sins. But we'll get that and get to that in a minute. Um, I actually I <laughs> have many a few instances where I was quote unquote saved, or at least I thought I was. Um, but I grew up in a uh, I grew up in a household I wouldn't say my mom was a single mother all the time like I mean my mom was of course she was married to my father my 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 original parents my mom and father divorced when I was significantly younger um I had two uh two younger siblings I'm the oldest of three uh shout out to my brother Byron Grover and my little sister Angel Iyawit aka Mookie and uh they are two of, uh, two of my prized possessions and ultimately my mom I grew up going to church. Um, honestly, as a kid, though, I kind of just dreaded it because church just seemed like that place that mom took us on Sunday for the longest two hours of life. It felt like I swore every morning on Sunday she would pick us up to go to church faithfully, busting that room door. Go ahead and get up. You know what time it is. And I was just like, man, God, and <laughs> the irony. I'm. <laughs> praying for god to say please don't let us go to church today but uh i'm glad my mom did um similar to holly though um my parents weren't really ministers um my mom just you know she just took us to church every sunday or every sunday that she could and you know i i honestly didn't really care for it as a youngin i don't think well i can't speak for anybody else i can speak for myself i wouldn't say that i was like saved or anything like that at a young age um in fact i up until heck my mid-20s 2012 that year to be exact um i didn't even know what true christianity was um i just thought it was a place we go to on sunday and scream and dance and quote-unquote worship the lord in that manner and then we just go home I thought it was kind of a a thing where we just kind of show God, hey, we notice you, but uh, I'm gonna just go back home and continue doing what I was doing. I think the first time I thought I was saved was um, I want to say I was probably no, nah, I was 19 years old, and this story kind of sucks because uh, I thought I got saved. I think it was because you know, anytime your mom, well, I'm speaking for me. This is Eric Pinkney's story. Uh, my mom when we went to church. And, you know, they always got the altar call at the end. And, uh, you know, my mom would nudge me and hopefully making that decision. <laughs> you know, the Lord's convicted. Yeah. You know, she would nudge me. And, you know, I, I, I was never a troublemaking child. So I always wanted to make my mother proud and my father, too. I'm not, uh, you know, taking him out of this story. But I live with my mom primarily. So, um, you know, she would nudge me at the church services. And it was one of these services that I went to. And I really didn't understand what I was doing. I just got up 
and walked towards the front of the church and we got I got baptized on a Saturday but you know how I know the conviction of sin wasn't evident or I didn't understand what the true basis behind the decision I was making I legitimately almost fornicated that weekend with no kind of conviction or nothing so that's just something I remember after Christ truly saved me once I just reflect on so many things that I was ashamed of in my my life uh as a heathen but uh i would say yeah in 2012 i have to give a special shout out to my one of my best friends and sisters in the lord her name is ebony armstrong um she was very much we do a lot but um she was very instrumental in I guess her obedience, I, I praise God for her obedience to the Lord because that's what an, her prying and her inquiry and just asking me certain questions. So Since I was raised in a church, I didn't have a problem with anybody talking about the Lord. I was just a hypocrite who just said they love the Lord with their lips, but their hearts are far, far from him, as his word says. But uh, she just really started asking me some questions that made me truly analyze myself and think about what i was doing and um eventually uh a bunch of supernatural events started taking place uh i was an avid hookah smoker Uh, i'm not necessarily against it but it's just something i don't really do anymore but i remember at one point while this saga of events was taking place um she was most uh god was most definitely taking all those things out of my life um i was one time i was smoking outside and all of a sudden i couldn't even taste it anymore like he just snatched the taste right out of my mouth um i wasn't really a, a big guy on alcohol i actually think alcohol tastes disgusting i i question everyone who drinks and why they drink on purpose because alcohol just tastes terrible i'm not trying to demonize those who drink uh just don't say that in any school of ministry, all right? But anyway, uh, um, yeah, that's a story for another. That story. is another story. We might have a segment of just funny stories with opinions. But anyway, uh, I didn't. I never really drank like that, so I mean, I don't have that necessary. I have drinking in the past, but I didn't really have a. I don't have like an extreme alcoholism or anything like that because my parents weren't drinkers, and you know, that stuff wasn't hereditary for me personally. But um. Yeah, eventually in 2012, man, God convicted me of my sins, and I can tell he was really trying to um, do this whole sanctification process or separation process with me because that same year I got deployed, and a lot of the company I was with, when I got back from that deployment, they were gone, whether they got out of the military or whatever the case was they were nowhere to be found except my other brother sean Willette, who actually was finding the lord the lord was drawing him closer to him as well and uh we actually just had a good discipleship slash accountability system and that's something else we'll talk about in the future as far as accountability discipleship and stuff like that but yeah that's just my story man i came to know the lord jesus christ just in case there's any need for clarification where this is about jesus here uh yeah i came to know the lord jesus christ as my personal lord and savior in 2012 uh when i got deployed i was plugged into every bible study and discipleship program overseas that you can think of and uh i loved it uh pretty much going from a heart a heart of stone to a heart of flesh as in the softening your heart i was just something i never thought that uh that i would experience i didn't even know what that was like obviously 
uh, salvation is miraculous. It is not just some decision you make on a on a whim. You know, let's no. Get to the good part. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, so let's just let's fast forward. Like I'm gonna say two years. What well, we met 2014. Yeah. All right. Y'all, so, this yeah. is my favorite part. Yeah, like I'm gonna let story. I'm gonna let her kick this off because uh, she got it. Okay, so t- while 2012 was the year that Eric really had his relationship starting with the Lord, like genuinely starting, um, 2012 was the year where my life fell apart <laughs> um, in more ways than one. But basically from Jan- literally January of 2012 um, right on up through... Oh, wow. Um, Until I met Eric. uh, Well, even during the time that I met Eric. So I would say it was probably mid-2014. Just two and a half years of just... uh, Didn't know where life was. It felt like my life was falling apart. And in the midst of that, instead of running to God, um, I ran to what felt good to my senses. Um, knowing all along in my heart of hearts that this was not where I was supposed to be. It was not what I was supposed to be doing, but I just had this um, insatiable need to um, have something tangible, have approval, have love from any source that I could find it from other than God because God just felt so far away. And, you know, I had churched all my life. Um, but the, the interesting part is me and how me and Eric met was actually at a, um, home Bible study. Our current associate pastor at our church, um, Rick Barbano, that's you. (laughs) Um, ended up having just some younger people saying that they wanted to just have some time to be able to study God's word together. So they ended up starting having these Bible studies, they call them potluck. Um, little potlucks at his home and I remember getting invited to him and that's where I first met Eric and it was funny because I mean there was you know I don't know 15 or 20 people there or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. um I didn't really know anybody except our associate pastor and his wife maybe a few other people and I remember specifically going there thinking hmm I wonder if I'll just happen to meet my husband here tonight like to be honest with you I was really not going there for the devotion. I was really scoping it out. (laughs) Just to be completely honest. Um, But when I got there and looked around, I was like, yeah, no, there's not anybody here that really is on my radar at all. So, yeah, I guess I can, you know, actually focus on why I'm supposed to be here. Dang, just just shoot me in the face. Just right here. Boom. You are on my radar, baby. The Lord had them blinders on. I ain't tripping. Yeah, because in the middle of being at that Bible study, y'all, I was in a very, very dark place and really felt ashamed to even be at a place that was discussing God's Word. Like, that was just not the place I wanted to be. Um, But, yeah, so me and Eric just met each other face to face didn't really have a conversation or anything i think this was what december mm-hmm. um this may uh, may have been december of 2013 possibly yeah and then we i think really started having more conversation with each other around july of 2014 that's correct it was around uh 
one of the one of the holidays where the the military folk get a lot of recognition and love and praise and things. So I, background military. I did eight years from two thousand what ten to two thousand eighteen. So yeah, I was in the armed forces. Thank you for your service, sir. Yeah, it's whatever. I appreciate y'all support, though. I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that one of the most beautiful things about our relationship, though, is it really started off as acquaintances. Um, in my life up to that point, I really never had a um, male role model like my age that did not have ulterior motives when wanting to have um, some kind of relationship, you know, whether it was friendship or deeper than that, like there was, it always felt like there was some kind of ulterior motive there. And Eric was the first really true acquaintance I had of the opposite sex that really was there for my spiritual well-being, um, poured into me spiritually, um, was really a, a sounding board, uh, encourager, and somebody who I never felt like at the end of a conversation, you know, was wanting anything more than just to be there as a supporter, encourager. And it, it totally blew my mind, but completely changed the standard um, from then on of how I looked at male relationships, male friendships, um, that type of thing. And I don't, Eric didn't realize it at the moment. But God was using him to help heal some very, very deep wounds in my life. Um, what would you say was like the turning point for you of when our relationship changed from friendship to maybe wanting to go somewhere deeper? Um, I would most definitely say... I think it was in October of 2014. Yeah, because that was when I went on TDY. That's temporary duty, by the way. Uh, military type stuff. But anyway, some training. I went for. I went to a training uh, situation in. Uh, I want to say New Mexico. No, Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma. My bad. Uh, I had to go to Oklahoma for some training. But like she said previously, me and her were just like spiritual accountability partners, good friends and things like that. So, um, but at the same time, I always thought Holly was very attractive. Like we're not even going to act like, nah, like I always thought she was attractive. But for me, as far as, as a growing man, a guy, just pretty much renewing my mind as the word says, um, I didn't see her as just a woman I should just go after without treating her the way Christ does or loving her the way Christ does. Mm -hmm. And that's with no absolute, that's with absolutely no motives or anything like that. Um, and, and since my heart was just recently changed, I didn't think that way. Uh, I wasn't trying to run into a relationship. Um, I had, I read plenty books <laughs> from different people. Shout out to Cornelius Lindsay. Uh, a lot of his books helped me, especially the book, uh, so you want to be a man what a what pastors don't preach and fathers don't teach uh, that book was instrumental in a lot of things especially in re uh, reference to how I look at women um, besides obviously the Bible God's word I'm not trying to trump nothing <laughs> but um, 
it, I just looked at her differently. And it was funny because after I started reading his books, she started reading his wife's books. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, little did I know, I I just came to her house one day and they were just on the couch. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but, um, you know, but I would say in 2014 for me, I'm not sure where Holly was. I know Holly was still going through some of the... Uh, transformation in her heart based on a lot of the, her past trials and I things. I think a so. lot of it God showed you first before he showed me because there was still a lot of healing going on but I think that is so appropriate too because a lot of times as women we are the for better lack of better terms we're the aggressors. We chase down a relationship and it is not supposed to be that way. So I think God showing you first goes right along with how he does things anyway. Yeah, most definitely the Bible says, for, uh, what's that proverb? He who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Uh, doesn't well, say it wasn't in, in reverse. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, the world does what they do. I, but, you know, that's not how it works over here. Uh, when we're made to be pursued, they are special, uh, very valued in, uh, towards God. So, uh, that's how I approached her. Uh, I didn't see her as just another woman that I could just do anything with. This was, I was responsible. I had to be held, I'm held accountable as a man. I mean, if I want to pursue any kind of relationship with purpose, AKA marriage, I mean, if you're not pursuing marriage in a relationship with a, the opposite sex, you're obviously wasting your time and hers mm-hmm. or vice versa. And ladies, so. that's one thing that I would encourage you about too, whenever you are, um, in a position where you you're looking for a relationship um, even just having friendships with men like have a standard guard your heart because um, it's very easy um, for us to um, attach ourselves to someone who shows us um, maybe respect or says all the right things it's easy for us to let our guard down um, before we really know a person know their intentions and it can do a lot of damage if you don't set those boundaries and guard your heart early like I remember one of the things that Eric told me I was very open with him about my past where I was currently at and I remember telling him I have walls up and these walls are not coming down very easily so I hope you can be patient there and the text message I I saved it for a while and he said you keep your walls up as long as you need to to do whatever kind of healing you need to do because I have no expectations or intentions other than loving you to Christ and this was before we had even said anything about being in a courting dating relationship at all this was still in friendship y'all so that's what I'm saying. Like, keep them walls up. <laughs> it is okay to have those walls up. Yeah, fellas, you don't even want to rush that because you don't. If you don't let God heal her and you try to like move God's hand out the way, quote unquote, and try to rush into that situation, thinking you can be the hero, you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure or future irritations in your relationship. I'm just putting that out there real quick. But yeah, so I would say 2014. That was when I I felt that I wanted to pursue Holly for more than courtship. But like she said, she has still had walls up. And for me, when a yes is a yes, a no is a no. And I was I was fine with that because I truly enjoyed our friendship and mm-hmm. just being good friends. It was just a it was, and it was more under my more mature 
uh, spiritual friendship slash relationships. So it was like often um, we went from like messenger um, messages to just straight up text messages about how our day went every day and what we were reading and what the Lord was showing us and things like that. So, I mean, I just enjoyed that part. I mean, we, you can do that without being in a relationship with a person. So, uh, it, it was just, it was more so of a loving your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, it, it's literally that simple. And the, the only way you can love your neighbor appropriately is by modeling Christ's character. He had the best example of doing so. And that's what I was trying to do. At the time, I wasn't rushing. If that was the case, it could have eventually been no, period. You yeah. know? And uh, I was going to be okay with that. Because you should never see God's rejection as just him being, I guess, quote-unquote, mean. <laughs> I mean, God knows you personally intimately in and out he knows why you do everything that you do he's there's nothing that's happened in your life that he didn't allow to happen and doesn't see and anything like that so uh just trust god's judgment but yeah she said uh these walls are still up and i was cool with that so we just continued to be mm-hmm. friends so there was there was one thing that we were bringing to the podcast today, and that was specific scriptures that helped us or were very impactful towards us at somewhere in our relationship, whether it was um, friendship, dating, or now in marriage. And mine actually came um, during that time when I was healing. Um, Isaiah chapter 54 was very pivotal for me. Um, if you're a single lady, um, well, I mean, even um, uh, a married lady, this was, this whole chapter just spoke healing and life over me. It was just amazing. But verse 5, so Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5 is really what landed home for me. And it says, For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Um, so really that scripture to me set it in priority. The, the biggest thing with my past is I had put relationships with men above my relationship with God. That became my idol in my life. And God was reminding me, if I'm not first, if I'm not your first love, then you're just going to continue this cycle of having idols before me. Um, but yeah, Isaiah 54 and 5, and, and still now, is very impactful in our relationship because you can't get that relationship priorities wrong. If your husband is above your relationship with God, everything else is going to be out of alignment with God's will. So even now, I have to remember, it's always going to be my relationship with God first. He truly is my first love, and I have to remember him as my husband because he, I am his bride. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, um, whenever me and Eric... Um, were engaged the one thing he said is I want to spend our lives loving each other until we get to heaven but I want to make sure that we are in a place where we are loving each other to heaven back to God that should be our number one priority so like what was the scripture for you that's been impactful in our relationship alright so I'm a preparation kind of guy almost to a fault and I've been that way God knows it. So, 
uh, amongst many readings and, you know, renewing your mind, going through the word and, you know, reprogramming your brain from what the world <laughs> thought was knowledge to true knowledge from the one who created all things for his glory. Uh, one of the many things that I read um, was Ephesians, a shorter book, but Ephesians 5 specifically, that's the section that talks about, or at least from 22 and on, talks about uh, pretty much marriage, Christ in the church. Now that parallels to us as saints, I guess. Uh, most definitely Ephesians 5 verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. There's a lot in that. There's a lot of accountability in that. That, mm -hmm. that can be unpacked as a whole nother lesson. What's the last part of that about without blemish? Read that part again. Uh, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she should be holy and without blemish. Mm, that last part, y'all. She should be holy and without blemish. Wow, that just really spoke to me and just reminded me in our courting relationship that it's it's the responsibility of both of you guys to hold yourselves to those standards and those boundaries. It is very easy um, in the midst of, you know, being betrothed to one another that you want to start acting out in a married way. You ain't legal before God or before the state. And to be able to say, like Eric can say, that I was presented without spot or blemish. I was holy because he he and I both made an agreement before we got married. We were going to have boundaries in place. There was going to be no fornication before marriage, mm -hmm. if you want to get very specific and blunt there. But what a beautiful verse to practice even as in as an engaged couple that you both want to keep yourselves holy and pure um, from the things that can taint your relationship with each other but taint your relationship with god as well yeah That's absolutely a good one, babe. yeah um like i said i'm a preparatory guy when i read that i wasn't necessarily i don't even think the first time i actually read it i was actually pursuing anybody because when i got saved the first thing the, the first thing on my brain was not to find a spouse that was not the next step for me I needed to um, make sure that one, if I was going to be in a relationship with a, well, by default a woman, whatever. Um, but um, yeah, but uh, if I was going to be in a relationship, I most definitely she was going to be a Christian woman. We have to be equally yoked, and there are deal breaker. Yeah, it, it's not a that's not a thing that can be uh, negotiated. That is concrete and set in stone. Um, but at the same time, if I was going to do that, I needed to be preparing for that, what that looks like. I need to know how Christ is loving the church. So I started studying Christ's character, how sacrificially was. And it says in 25, also loved the church and gave himself for her. That, that's a lot of sacrifice in that. I mean, I mean, it was the ultimate sacrifice. It's the reason we're talking about all this. Like, yeah, I mean, break it down. I mean that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing by the washing of water by the word i mean we actually lived that out 
prior to being married, uh, mm-hmm. I think prior to even like seriously courting, mm-hmm. we were doing that. Like, because y'all, mm-hmm. I think we can all say mm-hmm. engagement is as good as it gets. That engaged relationship is like you were on your best behavior. Everything is hunky dory. You want to spend time with each other, and honestly, that engaged relationship is about as good as it's going to get. But I think Eric and I also had those hard conversations with each other during that time because it is like a reality check when you get into marriage and you think that engaged relationship is what is going to carry over into the married relationship. Babe, what what would you say <laughs> about that? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's not the case, guys. Um, I'm not saying it turned catastrophic as soon as we said I do. We're not doing that either. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, you are also living separately by yourself. I mean, by yourself. And there was that you still you were engaged. You still had that singleness type situation. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we saw each other on dates. Hey, bye. Mm-hmm. We went back to our separate place. When you combine that in marriage, it gets real mm-hmm. really fast. And there's a lot of adjustments to be made, which is why spiritual maturity. Yeah, pra- pivotal. practicing mm. that Ephesians 5 during your engagement is so important because I, I want to say sometimes that can get muddled mm. when you get into the marriage relationship. So the more that you can practice the godly aspect of your marriage during that engagement, that is what's going to help carry over into your marriage. And obviously, we made it to marriage, babe. Now, two years in. Yay! We did make it. Now, y'all, there's a whole lot more that we could cover (laughs) there, just Mm. pre-marriage. But we don't have time for all of that. We just wanted to kind of give you the basics um, of what our relationship looked like, what some of our history looked like. Now, obviously, there's other dynamics and things that we'll bring in later. Um, Yeah, (laughs) there's, there's a whole lot of dynamics there for sure. But the the biggest thing, I think, is um, just kind of coming to a close here. Your relationship with God has to trump everything else. That is a fact. Uh, I mean, if the Lord is the foundation of your whole life, let alone your marriage, uh, if you were to step off that foundation, you're literally headed for destruction. Like, I mean, there's really no other, like, there's, there could be no other out, outside influences on your marriage. If Christ is the one who created marriage, who else should who else is life should you follow or model should you should try to um or example should you try to model to uh maintain a healthy marriage other than the one who actually created it oh that's good babe that's good thank you you worship the giver yeah worship the the giver not the gift Mm -hmm. because once you do that once you do it in reverse you've actually made what was good bad by making it an idol in your life mm-hmm. and then it displeases god mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. so you you it's a double loss so and you can more than you can destroy your marriage you do that too long god's uh, had to check us on that a few times yeah um yeah yeah we ain't perfect here y'all we are not perfect and we will be very open about those imperfections <laughs> yeah i'm kind of i totally am a firm believer in uh don't necessarily hide your embarrassment or your shameful moments in your life if it's going to help edify somebody or prevent another bro- believer, brother or sister in the body 
of preventing the same mistakes. So uh, I'm I'm all for it. So yeah, yeah. Well, y'all, this is the Pinkneys coming at you. Um, I hope you have enjoyed kind of getting to know us, getting to know our history. Um, there will be other things that we'll talk about, you know, within our marriage, be referencing different points in our marriage. Um, but yeah, this is this has been nice kind of going down memory lane, babe, and just, I don't know, kind of seeing how God was working on both of us from the beginning of our friendship into courtship and um, then that glorious day of May 20th, that day was hot. That was the hottest day on earth. Y'all, literally, no joke. You couldn't tell who was crying and who was sweating. It was, it was so hot. Our broken bread was toast yeah, when we were was, done. Yeah, we did communion at our wedding, and it was very crispy. Very, very crispy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we made it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are continuing to grow. We are continuing um, to grow in our relationship with the Lord, but also with each other. And um, honestly, this I think this podcast, we were talking about one of the reasons why we we're doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's to edify the body, but I think it's to edify each other. Yeah, most and definitely. And to be able to create a space where we can actually come and just talk about where we're at or what God's dealing with us on in our lives, you know, as individuals, but also as a couple. And um, we just look forward to be able to having more conversations like this. Um, I don't sure. think this is going to be us. I mean, this, this is a podcast. It don't, won't always be on married things, but it's just coming from a married perspective. Yes. More than likely. Uh, plans in the future for future episodes. I plan on having a couple of guests on here. Uh, a couple of my beloved brothers in the Lord, uh, Xavier, Mac, you name them, Renz, David, plenty of people in my church and just my life that God has blessed me to uh, just be a part of their lives and vice versa. Uh, I most definitely want to have them on here for a couple of episodes as well, um, covering different topics. We're going to cover everything that we can think of. But in the meantime, guys, let us know if there's any topics you would like to hear. We hope you have a great evening, and we will be hitting you up again in two weeks. For sure. All right. Bye, y'all. Peace.